Hello, hello. Welcome, you guys, to Irrepressible. I am your host, Erica Ashley. And oh my gosh, I could not be more excited for this. I I have been on this journey that I think this podcast is a long time coming. And it's kind of incredible that it's here now and I and I'm here and we're here. Um for those who don't know, I have been in Los Angeles for the past eight or so years auditioning for TV and film. And let me tell you, you guys, when they say that this industry is no joke, it's no joke. Um, there are high highs, low lows, um, and everything in between. Anytime you hear somebody say that they're an overnight success, there's absolutely no way. Um, you definitely face a lot of criticism. Um, and I feel like I've just learned so much about life along the way and about myself along the way. And, um, at the beginning of this year, year, I had kind of been feeling like something's off. Like I, I think I need to make some changes in my life. And I wasn't really sure what that meant. And, you know, I was working part-time, I was doing this, doing that, auditioning. Life was completely just go, go, go all the time. And then COVID hit and we're in quarantine. And in a very weird way, I am extremely thankful for it. Um, Don't get me wrong. I have had extreme anxiety. It's not been sunshine and rainbows this whole time by any means. Um, And I don't think it has been for anyone, but I am extremely grateful that it gave me a chance to sit down and be like, what really is my purpose in life? What do I really want to be doing? What fulfills me? What actually makes me happy? What do I like doing outside of work? Um, And so here we are. It has led me to this podcast. And I really just wanted to create a space for anyone who maybe feels like I don't know what I'm doing. I want to learn some more things. I am also questioning like, what's my purpose in life? Um, but also just like wanting to have fun and like hear real conversations and, um, relate to other people. I have some really incredible guests coming on that I think you're going to love. They're in all different areas, backgrounds, jobs, you name it. Um, but I think that's so exciting because I want to learn from them just as much as you do. Um, And they all have really cool experiences and truths and journeys to share. So I'm excited to learn with you guys along the way. I'm also excited to share my story with you guys. I think as an actor, a lot of the times we're constantly just reading other people's writing and their words and bringing that to life. And I love that. I'm here for that. But also at the same time, I have felt a lot of my life, like I have had to suppress my opinions or my truths or keep them hidden or not share them because of um, really fears that I've had. But also in this industry, there's a lot of, oh, don't do this because casting will see you one way and you they need to be able to see you this way. And, and it kind of 
made me feel like, uh, who even am I actually? Because I'm just trying to be like what everybody else wants me to be to put me on a show. Um, and I, it was exhausting and I realized that. And so I feel like this is finally me being like, this is who I am. Um, I'm really excited, excited to share myself and just, oh, like I have so many emotions right now, but I'm so excited. Um, and that's really just how this was born. I had the time because of COVID and so here we are and really, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm just so excited. Um, you know, while I have been in this industry, there's a lot of moving parts to it. There's production, there's casting, there's auditioning, there's networks, there's a billion and one jobs go into making one TV show. And I found myself answering a lot of the same questions uh, that my friends had, my family had, who aren't in the entertainment industry and don't really know how the back end of things work. And so I thought, what better way to start Irrepressible than by exposing some of the behind the scenes that goes on in this industry. And so my guest today is Shannon Bills, and she has been in casting for the past seven years. She's worked on over 50, yeah, that's five zero uh, TV comedies, including Superstore, American Housewife, Shrill, and Never Have I Ever, which is one of my favorites um, that I was able to watch actually during quarantine. And in the past year, she has expanded her resume and she now coaches actors through a holistic approach by getting them to intuitively turn inward and practice self-love. So without further ado, here's Shannon. Actually, I'm so excited for this conversation because I think you have a fascinating job. Um, and I think a lot of people don't really know about it or understand how it works. Um, I think the entertainment industry in general, a lot of people have questions about or think it works one way and it actually works a different way, which is part of the reason why I got into the entertainment industry. I was just fascinated by it. But you work in casting mm -hmm. and I really don't know a ton about casting other than from an actor's perspective. So I'm so curious to hear like, okay, but how did you even get into casting? I want to start there. Yeah, so I was an actor. And so I always loved acting. I started as a kid. And when it came time for college, I'm like, okay, do I want to be an actor? Do I want to try the business side of the industry? And, you know, at the time I was super bummed out because I actually chose to be an actor. I'm like, I want to do musical theater. And the school that I ended up loving the most they only had one audition day that I had missed so I was like okay I'm super bummed right now but I know this is the school I want to go to so let me just try the business side of the industry and see how this goes and so that's kind of how I fell into it because I it, it would have been a completely different 
life. If I had been a musical theater major, who knows if I would have stayed in New York, who knows if I would have come to LA, even though I've always loved LA, I knew I wanted to be out here. But when I went to college, I started interning and I went to a school that was really big on interning. All my friends, my classmates, everyone had internships in New York City. So it was cool to jump into an environment of people who were so hardworking, had such strong goals for themselves and having access to New York City right there. So um, I got to intern for a talent agency to see, oh, maybe I could be an agent and really did not like that. I just, it was, they were lovely people, but I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. Like I would rather be in on the action of what's happening on shows. So then I also interned for the Conan O'Brien show. and. Through that, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool to be on a TV set. It's live, it's happening, there's guests, there's celebrities. I just felt like very glamorous for being in the action. And then um, my last internship was at a casting office. So that's where I fell in love with casting. I just thought it was such a cool mix of computer work. Yes, you have to do a little bit of, you know, paperwork and all that, but then you get to go to in in new york it was a little different in new york i was working on broadway shows so we'd go off site out of the office for hours to watch people dance and sing and i'm like wait this is a job this is the coolest thing ever um and i really fell in love with the broadway casting and i i think if i were to if i was going to stay in new york that would have been my path but i knew i wanted to be out in la and la is tv and film so i um after that ended, I moved out to LA and started working for um, Bullock and Snow Casting. They do a lot of Nickelodeon shows. And um, that was super awesome. Really loved casting out here. And then I got to work for Greenstein Daniel Casting, who I'd been with for six and a half years and grew my resume to over to movie. And uh, it, it's been Cool. It's definitely an interesting job. And when I explain it to my relatives, they're like, wait, what do you do? Are you a casting agent? Are you, and the correct term is casting director or casting associate or casting assistant. Those are really the only three positions in casting. And so I, I've been in rooms where I just am like, wait, pinch me. Like this is, I'm working with like A-listers and here I am like listening to the head of Warner Brothers TV comedies, deciding who's gonna be in a TV show. And I've just had so many moments where I'm like, wait, this, I've had some really cool opportunities for being, you know, 27 years old. I've got to work with so many amazing people and um, it's fascinating, but to sum it up really simply for people, casting is basically the middleman between uh, TV and studio networks and uh, networks, studio and networks. That's like our uh, bosses, right? They're the ones who hire us. We're the middleman. And then we have the creative team who is your writer, your producers, your, uh, your whole production team. Um, and then you also have agents and managers. So we are just that middle person who here's what our creative team wants here's what the studio and network wants. And then we then go out to agents and managers saying, hey, here's what we're looking for. Can you help us tie together our script with finding some talented actors who are right for these roles? And so we audition actors and 
we'll probably see for the smaller one to two line roles, maybe 20 to 30 people for the big series regular roles, we'll see hundreds of people. And our job is to narrow down who we think is maybe the best fit. Yes, of course, talent is involved too, a very talented actor, but really it's about who is the essence of this character? How many people can we bring to our producers, our creative team, our studio and network and say, hey, these are who we saw, you guys can decide from here. So we kind of help weed out some of the actors so they don't have to go through the hundreds of auditions that we have to go through. We just give them the best of the best. Right, okay, that's so <laughs> interesting. And so like from the actor's perspective, like I just get an email from my agent manager saying like, here's your audition. But so I guess for everyone who doesn't know, essentially, especially in TV, things work really, really quickly. And so I know that you'll end up with a breakdown, which is essentially, these are the characters we need for this episode that shoots probably either the end of this week or the following week, mm-hmm. fill this role immediately. So like, how, so when that goes out, how many submissions are you getting for like those one or two line Yeah, roles? so it also depends on the age category because kids there's a little bit less right there's going to be less kid actors than there are 20 year old actors because everyone who has a dream for themselves comes to la to be an actor so 20s i would say like early 20s to late 20s is the most saturated category for actors so we sometimes have a role for 75 80 year olds and we maybe get 100 submissions if if that whereas the 20 and 30 year old roles even 40s we're talking anywhere from like 500 to 2000 submissions for the one to two line co-star roles and so what we do at first because that's overwhelming for anybody we go off of pictures first glance so the breakdown we get every single picture on our page. It's like, you'll see like rows of four of headshots, right? And um, we're just scrolling and scrolling and picking people who we think look the part. Then, and everyone has a different process. This is how I would select. Then I'd maybe have 50 people that I picked from, from those one, one to 2000 auditions or submissions. Then I go through their resume. Do I see if I see if they're in SAG because we work on union shows and we have to hire SAG actors or at least SAG eligible actors. That's not the case for every show. I don't want any actors listening to be discouraged because it's definitely not the case for every show. And there are circumstances where you do get Taff Heart lead and it's easy and it's great. Well, we look for are they are they in the union? What are their credits? Do they have very little credits, a lot of credits, comedy credits, drama credits? Um, we also take chances on new people if they don't have a lot of credits that's no big deal if they look right for the role we will totally give them a shot at the role um so then from there we probably narrow that down to about 20 from the 50 that i had picked off of a picture and then within those 20 we'll set them up and we'll get some fallouts or self-tape submissions and then we maybe see about 11 to 15 of them and then from there we send on about five five or six of our favorites to the creative team. Um, And that's really 
how it all works from the moment we get a breakdown saying, hey, this role works tomorrow. And you're right, it goes really quick. Hey, this role works tomorrow. We got to type up a breakdown. We got to submit it to agents and managers. We got to go through the submissions. And then that's the process from there is narrowing it down. That's so much work. Like It's <laughs> so, and I think people don't understand that this, not, not every episode or a season comes together that quickly. Like once the ball's rolling, I know it does, but the initial casting, you guys still do that for every single role on the show. Yeah. So when a show is just starting out, it's called a pilot. And uh, so we have pilot season, which is typically middle of January to end of March or sometimes even early April. Um, but also nowadays with so much um, streaming, Netflix, there's just so much TV out there and movies that you can get a pile at any time of the year. But generally speaking, it's typically middle of January to early April. And so what that means is we're building a show from the ground up. Nobody's cast. Maybe the network will say, hey, this might be cast contingent. And what that means is you need to find some fancy people so the networks and studios can promote that. Hey, we have uh, Jennifer Aniston as our lead. Like, then that means that's getting picked up, right? They have someone promotable. We also have worked on shows where they don't care if it's cast contingent. They're like, hey, whoever's right for this role is right for this role. We'll see thousands of people to be the lead. Yes, a lot of time we do make offers to fancier names first to fill those, uh, especially like mom and dad roles. We try to get at least someone recognizable on a show. Um, but then you're right. Once that show is cast, you have your your week to week episodes. And on a show like Superstore that I worked on for five seasons, it's is a lot of co-star and guest star roles every week. And what we do is we get a script from the writers a few days in advance. We see, oh gosh, we have 15 to 20 roles to cast this week just on this one show when we're working on eight shows at once. So uh, my job is to break down the script, cut the sides, get the breakdowns out for agents and managers to see and start submitting. And it is this machine and you get so used to it. If you've been in it for a while, it's very easy to jump into it and get into the groove, but um, you need a break. You Like as soon as the holidays come, you're like, oh my God, thank you. Because I was burning out really quickly. Um, Cause it's so fast paced. So fast paced. Yeah. So Okay. So essentially walk me through, I'm curious, a, a day or maybe even a week in the life, like how many shows are you working on at once? Is it multiple? Is it movies? Is it, or are you kind of just on one during that season? Like how chaotic does it really get? Yeah. So casting directors for the most part are freelancers, which means they work project to project and some offices, if they, maybe offices are very loyal to one producer. And if that producer only has two shows out that year, they're only going to work on two shows. Well, I was lucky enough to be at an office that was very loyal to many producers. So as soon as you build those relationships with creative teams, they're, they're going to want to hire you on every show that they put out. So my two bosses over time really had a good rapport with so many different creatives in town. And so I think the most we've worked on is maybe nine or 10 shows at once. And there's only five of us in the office. Um, so it, 
it got really, really busy. I think that's the most. And that was when like, we also had my old boss, Sherry in, and she had shows and it was just craziness because there's only one audition room and we were constantly scheduling like, okay, you have a 10 to 11 spot. You have 12 to one, you have two to five. You have, it, it, it was just like, madness all the time when things were crazy there also is downtime because there are things called hiatuses on shows where typically they'll shoot three to four weeks and then they have off for a week and it's really nice because a lot of our shows hiatuses would either fall on the same time or different times where we knew oh we kind of get a little break we still would always cast a week in advance if we could but to just keep going and going and going. It's a lot for writers to be ripping out, you know, scripts and ideas all the time. And it's just, it's nice that they have those hiatuses and um, it, it moves really fast. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so working with adults and kids, cause you said that you auditioned both. Is there a different process for each? Yeah, so not really. Um, I prefer kids because they don't even realize half the time one what's going on They'll, they have there's no pressure on them they are just coming in and like okay i'm gonna do this scene that i just memorized last night whereas adults you can kind of feel how bad they want it mm. where kids it's just whatever they're just having fun with it and a lot of times kids don't even realize how talented they are or if they mess up, they don't even care. They'll just start laughing and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to start again. And of course, we're going to be like kind to them and let them start again. But they also walk out of that room with the biggest smile skipping out the door. Whereas if an adult messed up, their whole day is ruined. And I don't want that to be the case. And that's why well, we can get into it about my coaching and my, mm -hmm. my self-love. My whole goal for actors is to be feeling good no matter what whether you mess up, whether you nail the audition, whether you don't have an audition or you get an audition or a callback, it's, we need to feel good always, but we can get into that, um, in a minute. But yeah, for kids, I just think it's, I think it's more fun because I know they always say kids say the darnest things that TV show, but they really do. They'll just start talking your ear off about like what they did over the weekend or what they're having for dinner or what a classmate said to them. And it's just funny because they're natural storytellers. Um, so I just always enjoy their energy more. So, I mean, I love adult actors too, and that's mainly who I audition, but I find it refreshing to be working with kids. Totally. I can totally see that. But so yeah. then for say an adult does come in and does flub a line, mm -hmm. do you guys hold them to a different standard? Do you want them to recover? How do you, how would you ask somebody to handle that situation? Yeah. So I, we are very mindful of people's feelings and I hope everyone is like, cause it, we're all humans at the end of the day and we need to always be gentle with everybody. And I think that adults, um, if it's a one or two line co-star, I would hope that they nail it on that first go around, right? Because we don't have the time to get a million takes out of you. We just don't because we're a very busy office. There's always a room full, full of actors waiting to be seen. And we know that if you don't get it, someone else will. But with that being said, if you mess up a line, we will let you do it again. Um, it's more so actors who will do it 
no problem. And then after they stop the scene, they go, oh, wait, can I do that again? That was horrible. And then we're like, no, because most of the time it was really good. We're like, no, that was great. And you could just see how hard on themselves that they are. Um, so if there's no crazy visible or audible mess up, we are just kind of like one and done. Hey, like, thank you so much. That was your opportunity. But if someone just really has like, a, oh my God, I just forgot the word. Can I start over? Of course, we're going to say yes. So it's kind of case by case. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, let's talk about what you've transitioned to now, because I honestly think what you're doing is like a game changer for the actors in this industry, because like you said, they're so hard on themselves. Yeah. It's sometimes when you think about like 200, 2000 people were submitted for this role and I got the audition that feels like a lot of pressure and like, oh my gosh, like I'm even lucky to have been chosen for this. And so mm -hmm. when it seems like actual auditions are few and far between, mm -hmm. I think this, what you're doing really comes into play. Yeah. So I'll give you a little backstory of like why I am where I am now. Um, so for the last year and a half, I've been working with an intuitive mentor uh, named Allie Ninfo. And she had always told me like, hey, you're meant for something big. You're meant to be helping people. I'm not going to give you the answer. You need to figure that out for what that looks like, but not sure if casting's really for you. In so many words, she said that. She didn't flat out tell me that, but I also kind of knew that on my own. I'm like, I love what I do. It's so fun. I love the office I'm in. I have an amazing job that paid really well. And I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. Like if I were to fast forward to two to five to 10 years from now, it's not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what that looked like at first. I'm like, Oh gosh, does that mean I need to like go to corporate world or become a recruiter for some fancy company? Or I'm not kidding you. I started looking, I'll never forget. I was like taking a bath one day. And just when I had this epiphany, I'm like scrolling through jobs on LinkedIn of like what I would be interested in. And nothing was coming to mind. I'm like, no, I still love this industry, but how could I be involved in this industry? But be my own boss and not have to be at the call of producers and studio executives. And um, about six months work of self-love work, um, doing a lot of journaling work and, you know, just exercises of figuring out who you are, what you want, what you want to let go of. And it, it hit me out of nowhere. I was getting a massage one day and the idea just came to me. I saw it so clearly that I was meant to be this acting coach, but this holistic acting coach who gets actors to feel good and love themselves and, and bring this intuitive work that I've been learning with my mentor, bringing that to the entertainment space where, where actors just are so hard on themselves. And it is a toxic uh, industry. It is. It really is because you are told and, and it is, odds are always going to be against you. You are always going to hear, you're going to hear more no's than you hear yeses. And that is hard for any human. Right. And so I'm like, wait a second. I'm now at a point in my life having worked on myself through my self-love practices where 
I'm not as easily triggered by things. And if I am and have a fear-based thought coming in, I can switch out of it to love-based pretty quickly. And it's all because of the, the work I've been doing. And so I just got this idea as I'm getting this massage, like, wow, I could be one of the first people to bring this type of work to this industry. And so quarantine happened. And this, I had this thought, literally, it was like last spring or maybe even summer. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I love casting. I don't know when that opportunity is going to come up for me to just go full swing into jumping into a new business and being an entrepreneur. But the quarantine happened. And a week into quarantine, I was like, this is my chance. This is the only time I know I can break away from casting. This is the only time where we have time to do that and just kind of see where it goes. And so I signed up with a business coach because I, I just wanted to feel a little bit more secure about my choices and make sure I was doing it correctly. But the answer to that is there's no way of doing it correctly. You just kind of have to fail and, and learn from that. But at least you're moving forward and making, you know, taking action um, or what, what my coach says, messy action. So I got involved in that. I started working even more with Allie, our, our mentor, because I, I remember calling her saying, I want to teach what you taught me to actors. And so she started this mentorship program and um, I've been a part of that. And I literally am not only coaching five, five, six days a week, but I'm also learning five, six days a week, which is so important. And I will continue to always like be the best version of myself and give people the best version of myself. Um, and so five, six months later, here we are, I've, I've grown a business. I am incorporated. I have a LLC and, um, I have a ton of clients and have met so many amazing people who I did not know before quarantine. And I really do feel like I'm making a difference and have put out workshops and one-on-one classes and monthly meditations. And, um, it's cool. Cause I think it's just the beginning for me. And I, I really can see and feel like how big it's going to be. And I, anyone listening would be like, okay, what this girl is like patting herself on the back too much, but that's what I want everyone to feel like they can always pat themselves on the back and go, wow, you are in your purpose. You are killing it. You look great. You are feeling good. You were helping so many people. And that is what we need to bring it back to every single day, no matter what industry we're in. So, um, I have stepped away from casting for now. Um, it was hard, but I also know that I will write in books one day saying, Hey, I trusted my gut. And it was hard and I cried and it felt like a breakup and it's still hard. And I could have my moments where I cry and miss casting, but I know I'm in my soul's purpose and I know that it's scary, but I know that the universe is already rewarding me and will continue to reward me for being in my true calling. So what does, like, what do you do in a session? What is different about your approach? Can you just explain that a little bit? So I created this method called finding yourself first. And I always, when I did start coaching, just as I did, you know, I had one or two clients here and there when I was casting and I would coach them on the weekends or late at night when I get home from the office. And so, um, I always would tell them, Hey, what casting is looking for is everything you already have inside of you. It is the essence of you. And if we can match that to the character we're looking for, 
And a lot of times you're not going to be the match and that's okay. There's also going to be times where it is just effortlessly you, that is your role. And so what I've always talked about was everything you need is already inside of you. Everything you need to pull from a scene is already inside of you. So find yourself first method. My first exercise I give actors is let's do attributes and let's get, you know, hundred to 125 attributes of how you view yourself. Those attributes then become your bag of tricks to pull from for acting. And so again, this was a way of me learning and also having this exercise while I was on my self-love journey, how that helped me in many aspects of my life. I'm like, wait, this can also help actors. Like, yes, like the human version of them and everything they want to do, but also with their acting techniques and methods too. Because I was, when I was an actor, I was never someone who resonated with Meisner or Stella Adler. Like I, it was always in one ear, out the other. And there are people the who love way. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's, just, it's not, to, look, I don't even know enough about it, but the little bits and pieces that I would get from acting classes, I just couldn't. I'm like, can I just read the lines off the page, but like bring myself to it. And that's as simple as it gets for me. And especially with these co-stars and guest stars we see, for the most part, they are grounded. They are real. You have to do very little acting other than just kind of like saying it how you would say it. Um, so that is my whole approach to it is I get actors to then release blocks. We do a week where we release blocks and, and let go of limiting beliefs. And then we do a week where we talk about attributes of a desired career. And um, it really is just getting everybody energetically aligned with what they want because that inner work is so important. And if that's off balance, a lot of times that's why you're not booking auditions or not even that. That's like, I, again, cause I don't want to say booking auditions is everybody's end game. Like the end game should be to feel good no matter what, that is what it needs to be. So this would also, this work gets you feeling good and getting you to snap out of those triggering moments really quickly. And then, so the intuitive work, the intuitive, uh, basically is everybody's made up of energy and we are reading that energy and you can do it too. And I bring this example up in anything I, anything I do, any interview, any podcast, it, because it's just a very simple example. You walk into a room, a party, you can feel the vibe of the party. You could feel the girls who maybe don't have the, your best intentions and you know, they, they're to themselves. You can feel that vibe. You can also feel the people who are just very warm and welcoming. You could feel a vibe when your husband is having a bad day at work and you walk in and you go, Oh, you okay? What's wrong? You're feeling their energy. And so we pick up on people's energies and we are trained to kind of open ourselves up, uh, open our third eye, our intuition up and channel direct messages from your higher self and my higher self uh, and from source, which is like universe, God. And we're basically this direct channel of information um, where we don't let our ego get involved. No, we're just getting straight messages to tell people we're basically a mailman. And um, with this energy, you can see what areas in their life uh, that person might weigh a little more heavily on their heart or have walls up. Um, we're able to go through 
a whole system of just answering questions or asking questions to help us break down and see, okay, this feels a little out of balance. Is this connected to this thing that you want? And we channel these exercises to help them get into alignment because the whole goal of everything is to get into that alignment for everything we desire. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I do with the intuitive work. Um, and I do meditations too, which I love the energy healing classes, which I never thought I'd be able to do. I'm sure you too. Cause when I first met you, I remember we were taking a, a the yoga I think it was like a yoga, uh, no, it was a bar class. It was Erica's bar class. Oh, okay. So Eric, no, I thought we did a core power or was maybe that it was, after? It was some sort of workout. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I think maybe you're right. Maybe it was core power. I thought we met at Core Power and then we met at Erica's workout class, the other Erica. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were talking about, we had found this woman that kind of did energy healing work and Erica was telling us about her and I've always been fascinated by it. I know you've always been fascinated by it. So it's interesting that if you just open yourself up to it and train yourself and strengthen your intuition, it's a muscle that we all have. We just... If you, if you don't use it, you lose it. So um, it's just been really cool, especially with the healings, um, because I do the healings on myself a lot and I can instantly notice a difference. Mm. And so that's why I do these monthly recharge meditations where I get people coming every month being like, I felt so good after that session. And for the next week, I was so productive. And it's just... I believe in it because I've seen firsthand how magical it is and how much it works. And I really mm -hmm. want to bring this type of work, at least get more people aware about it because it, there's no negative benefits to it. It's just a, a feel good, positive thing. And especially in this industry, especially in a city like Los Angeles, where everybody wants to be an actor or wants to be a producer or director where we face so much rejection, where if we can have something like this that teaches us, hey, everything's good always. And we have all of our gifts already with us. And what we desire is already with us. And it's just being in that alignment and that frequency of abundance always. It's just so powerful and so needed right now. I agree. And I think, um, well, I have two questions off of that. Mm -hmm. First, um, to clarify, I think yeah. I have friends who are like meditation. I don't know how to sit still for a minute or what is this really? Yeah. It's really at the end of the day, I feel like just regrounding yourself in yourself. Absolutely. Um, there's so much stimulus, like you said, in Los Angeles, in this industry, honestly, wherever you are. Um, and to stop taking in so much information from Instagram or whatever show you're watching and the comparison and be like, wait, I don't have to be like her. I actually shouldn't be like her. Mm -hmm. If I want to, you know, do the things that I'm supposed to do, I need yeah. my own take on that. And the world needs my own take on that. Totally. Um, so I think that it's so fun that you're doing that for actors. I'm really curious if you've had anybody do a one-on-one -on -one session or even just a meditation and have you seen like a complete difference in them or have they given you info on that? I'm yeah. I mean, I would say nine times out of 10, I either get an email or direct message within the same 24 hours of our session saying, 
how much you help me and how confident they are or oh my god i didn't realize this but i just watched this back from the workshop and now i see it and um and i love the meditation specifically because at the end of the meditation we set the intention that our higher self will give us a message that we need to hear. Mm -hmm. And I love those because people will text me afterwards being like, like my one friend had, oh my goodness, it was, she had been, there was a candle she had in her living room that she was like freaking out about. I I'm butchering the story, but basically something to do with this candle in her living room. She was thinking about it, didn't know where to put it. Um, and like, she's, was afraid to light it for some reason. Again, I'm butchering this, but it was something like that. And weeks went by and her gift in this meditation, she saw the candle, but then the candle was lit and she heard like, you got to let your light shine. You got to let your, like, you got to put yourself out there. You got to let your light shine. And she was like, whoa, like I haven't even thought about this candle in weeks. And I've had people have relatives come and visit them in these meditations. And I've even had sessions where I've picked up on loved ones and relatives that come through. And, um, I've had a friend of mine had gotten married and a week later felt her grandmother giving her this gold locket. And I was like, yeah, that was like her acknowledging your wedding. And there's just, um, they're just really fun. And I, I also understand that this work is not for everybody. It is a bigger concept to grasp because it's, it's just trusting. And a lot of times people are all about that physical proof where this is just an inner knowing and a trusting. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that, that I can make people feel better about themselves because I, I get it back to me every day and keep track of all the, all that love you're getting back because it's just showing you how worthy you are of, doing what you're doing. And so every night I'm writing in a note section on my phone of, of all the good things that people had said to me that day and how I've helped them and how they, I, I had someone just before you saying, I've been acting for years. I have been in every UCB class. I have been in, she went to the London school of whatever it is. She taught, trained in London. She tra trained at, um, USC for acting. And she said, you are one of the best teachers. And she said, and I think it's from your casting background and that acting background and my approach to it. And I, I get message like, messages like that all the time where it makes me feel so good because, and it's not coming from like a overly confident cocky place at all. It's just like, ah, oh, this is, this is why I'm doing it. Cause I know my worth. I know what I've created and what I can bring to this industry is helping actors and I'm seeing it firsthand being mirrored back to me like hey this is working I got a text or an email this morning I worked on a movie audition with this girl last night and she was like I felt so freaking confident she's like I can't thank you enough this was one of my best auditions and so that stuff just makes me and I don't don't need to hear that to know my worth and I also say that so actors can say I don't need to hear a great job every time to know I'm worthy of my talents. Cause it's staying in that worthiness where days floods of emails come in saying how great you are or zero emails. It's that's, it's the same feeling every day. Um, but it, it is cool to be getting those messages from people. That's amazing. Yeah. I have been in numerous acting classes and I have always found it really interesting to, 
you know, you watch everybody perform and then immediately they look to the teacher and they're like, okay, how did I do? Mm -hmm. I was like, nobody, it just made me start questioning things. Like, why is it, why don't people, um, trusting themselves? Why are we as an actor or, you know, really whatever you're doing, why are you constantly looking for the outside validation? Why aren't you validating yourself? Mm -hmm. And so I think a big part of it is a lot of us don't know how, like we haven't been taught how to Mm -hmm. validate ourselves. Yeah, Um, totally. I think that's just so fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's, and I agree because I see it after in the casting room for six and a half years. The second that audition ends, they, they look at you and we treat everybody the same way. Whether it was the best audition we've ever seen or the worst audition, we're still gonna say, thank you so much. That was great. Have a great day. Or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, and I've brought this up in another interview I did where as an actor, as a kid actor, I would feed, feed? I don't know if that's the right word. Basically, if an actor, if I was in the room auditioning and a casting director said, so are you available for the shoot dates? Just want to make sure. I would think I got the role. And I would go home and be like, I booked it. This is so exciting. And little did I know she was probably saying that to every single person just to verify they were, they were there for the shoot dates. So when I worked in casting, I was very mindful of how I treated actors in that audition room because I didn't want to give anyone mixed signals and I want everybody to be treated equally and know that they were worthy no matter what of that audition, you know, whether they felt it was bad or good or eh, just okay. I'm going to say, Hey, that was great. And like, go home and sit with that and know that it was great no matter what. Right. So, cause Pete, you're right. They're like lost little puppy dogs. They're like, how do I do? How do I do? You know? And it's just, uh, it, it's sad to see. Yeah. And I think the other thing that goes along with that is you can have an exceptionally great audition, like amazing, but mm-hmm. you're just not right for the role. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is, I would say nine out of 10 times the case. And agents and managers will call the casting office saying, hey, so-and-so felt good about this audition. How did they do? And nine times out of 10, we're saying they did a really great job. They're not this girl. They're not this boy. They're not this role. Um, Doesn't mean they had a bad audition. It's they just don't fit in this character or in this world of this TV show. And that is just what happens. And you need to be okay with hearing that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Where can everybody find you in case they want to coach with you? Yeah. So you guys can find me on my website, which is just my name, www.shannonbills.com. And my Instagram, I love posting all the the love and positivity that I can share with everybody. And that is just at Shannon Bills Coaching. And if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so great. All right, guys, I'll be back next Tuesday with more Irrepressible.